On this episode, we talked about film portrayals of death. Good portrayals? Maybe not so good portrayals. And of course, Nick went on one of his 30-minute tangents nobody really knows or cared. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Hi, I'm Benny Capal, and I'm a funeral professional. And I'm Nicholas Capal, a psychotherapist. Hey, Nick. Let's talk about death. Let's do it. The film's portrayal of death. How do you want to approach this, Nick? Why don't you start out talking about film? Okay, films. So there's a lot of films out there, a lot of deaths. You see a lot of funerals, actually. Uh, It tends to be you only get like one part of death, right? You only get like one. It's either like death and then it's like at the cemetery, right? That's how films always do it. It's always like the, the Catholic priest... You got the green lawn. He's always doing like the the end closing prayer or the eulogies going on. There's the big picture that somebody spent a lot of money on at Costco or whatever to get it like blown way the hell up. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Sorry. And uh, the the pastors in like his formals with the uh, the awesome shawls and all that. And then you have the family is all in black like black that i can see the guys are all wearing with the what the black suits with white ties and black and no, black suits white shirts black ties it's like the it's a very it's a black tie affair yeah. you got like six hearses i don't know why and then uh the cars the cars are all black too for some yeah. reason they're unless, always like lined up unless it's six perfectly and you got some guy who's always spying on funerals. Yeah. I don't know. I'm talking spy movies now. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I don't know where we're going. <laughs> Snipers in the so trees. Let's talk, let's, okay, so let's bring up a couple, right? So let's let's talk about the. I think the. I'm going to go with my favorite ones about death. Okay. Um, Six Feet Under was probably uh, one of my favorite um, series done. Is it exaggerated? Absolutely. However, I don't live in California, so I don't really know how the funeral business goes in California. But if we bring it back to the Midwest, or at least Michigan, where we have experience, there is a lot of exaggeration going on in that show. However, the deeper um, themes in that show, I think, are really good. And it's one of the very few series that actually has the best ending of all time. I really highly advise you to watch it. However... I think it's important that we note that when I say exaggerated, um, there's like a scene in the show where the daughter takes a um, amputated foot to school. Like that, that doesn't happen. I like that series too because not only does it talk about death, which is is obviously what we're talking about, but the, it actually goes into the family as a funeral home. So you actually get to see behind the closed doors as how some of these funeral directors deal with dealing with their families, but also dealing with their internal grief, mm-hmm. um, which I don't want to say anything. I don't want to spoiler alerts here, but yeah, you deal with both sides of it. So that was a really, you were absolutely right. That's a great one. One I want to talk about, and I can't think of what the title is, but it's Kevin, ba- Kevin Bacon is a soldier and he brings home a soldier that dies. Oh the yeah, the, the military one. And they did um, it, they did it with a lot of knowledge. They, they, they did a lot of like studying how it's done, how it's properly done. And uh, it's really good. It's really, really good. And I've had a lot of uh, military say like that's the best movie to watch to actually experience that because we've had 
taking chance take, i believe is what what the movie's called take taking chance and it's really good and it shows you what actually happens um, people don't realize if if somebody if if soldier dies in duty they're watched 24/7 until the actual disposition occurs so there has been soldiers that have spent the night in funeral homes um, including our own to make sure that that fallen soldier gets the best and then Dover, which is an incredible place, the way that they do the embalming and they suit, they suit up the soldier and then like the pants have to be a hundred percent pressed. Well, it's pure respect. Oh, right? it is incredible. So I like that movie just because you actually get to experience what actually occurs from death on the battlefield or mm-hmm. the front to the funeral and is 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 really well done another interesting tv series because i guess ben's going with movies i'm going with tv series is uh dead like me i really don't have much to say about it uh besides the fact it brings death into the foreground don't they aren't isn't that about reapers they die and then they become reapers yes yeah yeah which is always an interesting but it's but it's a fascinating perspective on death you know it's it's someone who is living uh well is not living anymore but now has their other roles in their afterlife. A newer one that people can watch, The Good Place. The, the Good Place. The Good Place. The humorous one, right? The Good Place. Um, and, you know, they, they consider heaven the good place and hell the bad place. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 comical. But that is that, that that has some good thoughts about death, too. What Dreams May Come, one of the Ooh. greatest films on death. And it's Robin Williams. And let's just be Robin Williams is just incredible. And to think about that movie and to think about his own demise... It's, it's kind of it's kind of ironic that it happened the way that it happened. You know, God rest his soul, Robin. We miss you, and you know, every, anybody who's dealing with mental health, like please, please go out, please go and find help, and uh, make sure to check in on your loved ones. But that's that aside. That movie is incredible about death because it's dealing with, and I don't want to give a lot of spoilers, but it's dealing with um, a man that has dealt with two sets of um, deaths that really cripple his his opinion on life, his opinion on his faith, his opinion on everything. And then he has this incredible experience happen to him. And it just, it, it brings grief. There's there's anger. There's, there's all the five stages that he goes through. And going to that, I'm going to bring up another movie because I think the best acting in a movie of the five stages of grief within like 10 minutes is Steel Magnolia, Sally Fields, she actually goes through all five stages of grief within like 10 minutes. And it is incredible. If you haven't seen that uh, monologue that she does, it is incredible. And how they deal, these women deal with death is really good to watch. Another TV series that I think is really, really good is This Is Us. And if you've ever watched it, we're going to have to give a spoiler right here. But a lot of the show is about their dad passing away. And how they have all differently dealt with it. Um, because all of them really respected their dad and loved their dad. He made his mistakes. He, he struggled with, I think, alcoholism is part of the show. But anyways, it, I digress. Two spoilers now. I digress. <laughs> I digress. It, but, it, it shows the family I'm, dynamics, too. But what I'm saying is, there's, there is he adopts three children in the show. Which, that's episode one. That's not a spoiler. But... Each of the children deal with the grief in a completely different way, and they all three hold the dad in a different light. And I think that is such a beautiful point for grief, because 
you can have the same family members. You can have Ben and I, identical twins, who lose our father and deal with it completely different. Technically, we have the same DNA in our body. We were born the same time. We were four minutes apart, but I digress. The important part is, is that it doesn't matter you know, where you're born, where you're raised. It matters of how you individually internalize death. And it's if you haven't watched This Is Us, this is a show that actually does show how disenfranchised grief can destroy people. I'm going to talk about some negative things about movies now. We talked a lot, a lot of positive about death, but let's talk about negative things about death. I'm going to talk to on my colleagues what I see in movies all the time. Let's start with the arrangement room that we see in so many, so many films. And it's always a funeral director comes in and he goes, I'm so sorry for your loss. Would you like mom to be in the golden package? <laughs> it's like the most awkward. The funeral directors are always the most awkward. They're, they're stoic. They don't have any emotion. Stoic. stoic. I'm surprised that they actually, you would say stoic. I wouldn't say stoic. Stoic they're as creepy. In, I get, yeah, they're, I mean, they're creepy. They're thin. They're, they're tall. They're in they're, the back of the room. They kind of like cold. they kind of like like sloth. They're they're almost like a horror movie. Like they kind of like sloth in a little bit and you know? emotionless. Oh, they have no emotion whatsoever. And uh, I don't like that. And you see it countless. I, I, I know all of you listeners right now are like shaking your heads like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've just seen that movie the other day. We got Nosferatu back in the embalming room right now. Good funeral director to show is uh, uh, My Girl. My Girl. Dan yeah. Aykroyd plays an amazing funeral director, and it's very... Especially a funeral director that lives at the funeral home. It hits home because it's a family-owned yeah. funeral home. Um, the <laughs> the grandma is, like, rocking in the other, like, arrangement room. And, and kids, do not take a bat and hit a beehive. Bad idea. Never and, do it. And true story, you know, to get a little bit uh, humanistic about Benny on the show, I married, my wife loved the name, always wanted her first daughter to be named Veda even before she met me because she loved my girl so much. Mm-hmm. And so our daughter's name is Veda, and she married a funeral director who basically lives in a funeral home. Well, your wife married a funeral yeah, director. Yeah, she didn't know. She had no idea that and she... you had a daughter that you named Veda, which in the show, the funeral director's the funeral, daughter Dan is Aykroyd Veda. is daughter's name Veda. What happened to the mom in that show? I don't remember. The she original died. mom. She died. She died. She died in the in the film. In the film. In the film. <laughs> Mm. So that was that was a really good portrayal of a funeral director. I'm trying to think of some other ones. There are some good ones. Six Feet Under, the dad is incredible. Oh yeah, and you only you only see him in a couple. But of I love, I love again. This David is, does a this great is job something that. that research has found. Funeral directors, they don't get a lot of press. Let's be honest. And if they do get press, it's bad, it's bad press. <laughs> um, but one of the things that they they have researched and found out about funeral directors is. Uh, unlike a, you know, or I'm sorry, very similar to a doctor or a lawyer or any stress, high stress job, alcoholism is a big thing, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, because they're not able to vent with people because, you know, HIPAA, all that stuff. And on top of it, people don't talk about death. No. Even, unfortunately, spouses or close family members, um, they can't decompress. It's yeah. So and they don't have do time. They, they don't have time for hobbies, and they barely well, get even, sleep. It's not even that. It, it it's the idea that they can't disconnect when when they're off. right because you're a funeral director. Well, you're on call twenty four seven. That's what I'm saying. You're on call twenty four seven. You don't. There's no time to actually completely decompress. You're right. Yeah. That's a good word. It, you don't. And if you do, if you have time to do that, 
it's riddled with, did I do something wrong? Do I need to call this family? Do I need to take care of this newspaper? Um, and it, there's a lot of little things that come up that you have to deal with on your off time. And I'll be honest, if you're a good funeral director, you care about your family. So you're actually grieving with them. You may not be grieving as hard, but after a while, that builds up. And you're dealing with crazy cases, babies, kids, So I, will, I agree with you. It's, it's like a therapist, right? Mm. There is this very gray area where you have to be compassionate and empathetic enough to connect with the person but you have to be able to somehow disconnect, right? Right, Because if you can't, you have to take that all that home with you, all that anger, all that stress, all that... Um, Isn't it funny, though, that you don't hear as much negative about shrinks are... Sorry for saying that, but psychologists aren't... <laughs> you literally just <laughs> made your I point... Like- you literally just like bit your tongue. No, no, when you my said my, that. my comment was they don't you don't hear a lot of people complain about money when it comes to getting psychology. Oh man, I hear that all the time. Not as much as I hear it about funeral directors. Uh, man, I, I wish you'd be a therapist for a second. <laughs> a lot of people ask me why do I deserve to be paid what I'm paid. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. And then you don't say you know, they don't take the doctorate in consideration. Even with a doctorate, they don't understand that. Because again, Mental health is considered different from physical health. That's so interesting. One thing I want, I, I do want to say out to the public, because wow. this is a misconception. I don't do anything except help guide you to do what you need to do. I don't have a magic wand. I can't literally touch you and go, you're healed. A lot of people believe that. That's not the case. I have been trained <laughs> a very extensively Long time, long education, all that stuff to be able to walk through something with you. Whether that was trauma, whether that was death, whether that was isolation, all that stuff is what I've been trained to help you guide you through. Not necessarily I can change anything. That's not my job. My job is to help you figure out what you need to do. Right. Gives the power back to you. Can we get back? Can we get back to movies now, Nick? We after can. You gave us yeah, your uh, absolutely uh, monologue and you solilo- asked me soliloquy on. Uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, something I thought about was maybe they should have like a death, like a death consultant or a funeral director, just a funeral professional on set to help. Because I find that the better movies, the better TV shows, have a lot more education into that. So if you're going to throw a funeral director in, right? Don't just be like, okay, you have. <laughs> You're tall, you're awkward, you got it. You got the you know role, what? buddy. I'm going to blow people's mind. I think one of the best movies that talks about disenfranchised grief is The Lion King. Everybody's seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Mufasa dies, right? And no, Simba Spoiler is, alert. Gosh, okay. you're giving them all okay. out today. Simba is told by his uncle that it was his fault, right? Right. And he runs away, and he, he has these crew, whatever. <laughs> Everybody's seen Kuna Lion Matata, King. Matata, you know what I mean? If you haven't seen Lion King, please go see Lion King. But that is a great representation of disenfranchised grief. Right. This idea that I screwed up. It was me because they died. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I hear a lot of kids that I didn't spend enough time with dad before he died, or I didn't do this. Right. You know, and then they feel this internal guilt, right? That's a perfect example of how guilt can ruin someone. Right, but I was talking about should, should, yeah, you kind of went off yet again another tangent. Should films and TV shows, should they have like a professional on staff or at least consult with a funeral director or consult with a psychologist about 
how do we bring in, how do we make the scene more relevant, right? Because that, let's be honest, if people don't go to funerals, that's all they know about. So I think directors. the biggest thing is you're asking us, should I versus no. do I? No, no, should 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 films... we, as a society, deal better with death? Absolutely. Talk right. about it. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about the in the films, in the films. That's what I'm if saying. You portray... Should we, as movie producers, if we were movie producers. Yes, directors. Yeah. Script, scripters. Do this, Absolutely. Do we? No, because what we want is we want people to go home with the feeling, the internal dread, the internal guilt, all that stuff. That's part of the, the beauty, right? We're, we're trying to get you to, to feel. So when you see, a perfect example, The Lion King, when you see Simba deal with his Mufasa, his dad, dying, we all are like, oh, we don't want to be healed at the show. That's not the idea of it. No, no I'm, I'm talking about go more going, oh, I hated that scene. No, I'm talking about more oh, like when rough. you have a funeral director enter set and it, you're just it's a five five minute clip. Should the, the directors and the scripters like actually have some knowledge about them before they throw a funeral director in? That would help us okay, out so here's to represent what I'm funeral directors because it doesn't matter so in the plot. Let's go with <laughs> the funeral directors. Let's go directors with the percentages of funeral directors and psychologists in the world versus normal people. Okay, most people don't know or are not educated in the way we are, right? But isn't that what we're, we're... going to flip everything on its shoulder when we talk to them, because they never have dealt with this. But isn't that what we're trying to trying to do? Is this like the is better what the education. Show is, so yeah, right. So we need better professional funeral However, directors. However, I do believe that movies try to bring death to the forefront. Mm-hmm. They just don't have a good follow through. However, realize they only have two and a half hours to make a good movie. That's true. If it's that long. Right. Ben, do you think the that films in general put a stigma on death and towards funeral directing? I wouldn't say a specific feeling towards funeral directors. I think, I, I'll be honest, and this is my assumption, which we all know what assumptions make. <laughs> but I think they don't either. Usually, when you go to a, there's a funeral home or funeral director, it's a very short scene. So probably for them, it's like okay, now I gotta I gotta find one guy who's gonna be in there for two minutes and he's gonna say a couple things and then he's gone. Like usually, he's not a protagonist or antagonist or he's like funeral. He's probably in the actual ending, like funeral director one. You know, Clifton. He's not actually have a name in the yeah, film. Yeah, he, he might not even. Is a, so yeah. I do think there is a stigma because I don't think there's. They don't, they don't spend a lot of time on funeral directors. They really don't. What I would like to see out of film is a portrayal of a funeral director. My thing is, is that's the problem, right? We see these negative portrayals on the media, mm-hmm. movies, TV shows, and news about your industry, profession. Sorry, I'm going to try to change that to profession. It's okay. Um, and I think that really uh, highlights in a negative perspective your career. Right. Because people see this and go, oh, that's got to be a funeral director. Every funeral director. Oh, yeah, here we go again. There he is. You know, there he is. Ben Lurchman. <laughs> Lurchie McGurk. He's, you know, he's driving behind the ambulance waiting there for that person. Is. You know there what I mean? He he's, he's, he's waiting scalping. at the hospice, he's the nursing scalping, homes, right? giving um, out his but, cards. But, you know, we're, we're using humor, but it, there is truth behind this, right? You watch all this stuff, and it, it, it would be very easy to fall into that trap of, Every funeral director is a money grubbing vampire, basically. Well, yeah, you live I, I, in the dark. You're you're very pale. You, oh, you don't ever yeah. get to see the sunlight. That's it. 
You know what I mean? If you think of all these old scary movies, like they've put you out to be predators that prey off the dead. But what I'm saying to you is this is the problem. It's very easy to watch any news about anything and think, oh, this is reality. And what I would challenge all the viewers and everybody thinking and listening to this is to take a step back and do your research because there is a lot of good funeral directors out there that actually do care. Oh, absolutely. And do their utmost best to make sure that they their families are taken care of. Bravo. You get the like the finger snaps, so it's like it's not loud on the podcast. And they golf clap. Hold on one. He's sunk in. But no, I mean, I mean, I really mean that, you know. Well, yeah, because it's like the psychologist. They always show the psychologist has more mental issues than the actual patients that they're dealing uh, with. There's a truth behind that. Well, I mean. There is a truth behind that. I mean, let's be honest. I had a therapist tell me a long time ago, the first 10 years of doing therapy, you're fixing you. The next 20 to 30 years, you're taking care of everybody else. I think everybody just needs to take into consideration movies are movies. Right. You know, they're they're made up. You know what? My biggest thing I always say is just go talk to a local funeral director. If you really don't know, if you've never had an experience with a real funeral director, just go talk to the local. Let's be honest. Every funeral director is there nine to five every day. They're a 24-7 business. You can call them most any night and they will show up. I like how you said they're nine to five, but they're there 24-7. Well, I mean, they're going to be in the premises from nine to five. You can get a hold of us. 24 That's hours what, what I'm what I'm saying is they're in the you could just show up between nine and five and they'll be there. If you call after five o'clock, which you should, because these people do have lives, it's important for you guys to to stress that too. Right. Yes, you are twenty four seven, but you also do have your own families. A funeral directors have wives. And I kids know it's surprising. Right? Grandkids yeah. and great gra- <laughs> grandparents and to, to think that you actually are human, uh, right? So and not a vulture, Lurch, just, <laughs> Ben Lurchman. You know, but 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 measuring you. But up. what I'm saying to you is, is that I think hopefully this show humanizes the funeral industry. I, I love that. If you ever wondered what funeral directors are like, yeah, absolutely, go seek one out. You'd now they might be in they jeans, are. they might be mowing the lawn. If you just randomly show up, but they'll be there. They'll, they'll answer any. I have not met a funeral director, even in my. Uh, you know, I asked to do all these stud, um, interviews for my study. There has not been one that was like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, sorry. You know, they want to, they want to educate. Sorry, bro. You guys want to educate. You just, want to make people understand what you do. Yeah, and I I, I became a funeral director because I wanted to help the help families. That's what I watched my dad do. I'm assuming that's what he watched his dad do, and what his dad watched his dad do. Right. And right. that's that's why that's why right? I did it. But not even the generational funeral. Even the new funeral directors are really they, making an effort to try to educate. Absolutely. And like I said earlier, that most of the ones that haven't are, are not part of families or haven't worked at a funeral home is because they had a really good experience or they had a really bad experience. And if you're listening right now and you have any questions. Feel free to leave us a message. We have no problem with answering any question you could possibly have. And what's your favorite movies or TV shows about death? And do you think that portrays death in real? Do we sound like we should be that funeral director on that show? Come on in. Let's, you know, I could be creepier if I want to. for you. Just waiting always in the shadow corner, like That's finding the vultures, shadow. right? You're on top of a bill. It's like Batman, you, but in a like bad way. Like they all have scoliosis at the right. age of like ten. Like they're right. All your like, bat signal. Your bat signal is literally the ambulance, like sirens. That's oh, your bat is. signal, right? 
You get the you red phone, I mean? but it's a black phone. I mean, we're joking, but in reality, I think a lot of people are misunderstand your profession. Absolutely. And this is show is hoping to help uh, skew that. Well, Nick, I think it's about that time. Time for Q and A's. Bring it home. Q and A, Q and A. Everyone loves that Q and A. Everybody sure does love those Q and A's. All right, Nicholas Pickles, Lemon Stickles. All right, here's the first question. Favorite funeral scene. What is your favorite funeral scene in a movie? So the funeral itself. I can't think of my favorite because there's just so many movies out there, but I can tell you a, a scene that really strikes me, and I just watched it last year. It's the uh, the Netflix series, um, The Haunted Hill, House on Haunted Hill, or something with Hill House, Hill House, something Hill House. They have a scene where they're all at their uh, sister and daughter's wake, it's not a funeral, but it's it's a wake, so I'm an, I'm I'm already. But they have a huge fight after everybody's gone, and it was very impressive to me because, and I'm like I said, I have experienced a lot of families. Every once in a while, you get to see a family deal with grief in an anger way. It's not necessarily a bad thing because I think a lot of families that's how they get things done. They fight it out, and then they come back together. And this family really goes at it. And the way that it was scripted, it felt very real because I've experienced something very similar to that. And I thought, wow, whoever did that has, A, a really good experience with not only family dynamics, but has been in a situation that has dealt with death in that situation. I thought, very well done. Brava. So that would be the one that I'll bring up. You know, actually, I'm, as I'm thinking about it, Braveheart was a good one where uh, Mel Gibson, uh, William Wallace as a kid, is is at his father and his brother's funeral. And actually, technically, they sh- kind of show him laid out before th- the funeral actually happens. And he walks in and he has to see his like dad and his brother died in war. Um, and I think there's a beautiful thing to children and death. In that it's very real for them. I don't, I don't know how to explain that better than that. They don't separate like adults do. Adults are able to um, disengage in certain traumatic experiences. Kids can't. They don't. They they're not able to separate like adults can. So they are real. They're they're always there. So like the smell or the feel or what's going on. Just to watch a kid have to see their dad and their brother um, pass away violently and then have to go to the funeral after it. I don't know. It's just that was a good... I think that was my favorite one because I think it brought reality to death. It pierces the veil of innocence. Yeah. And he held on to it the rest of his life. And and, and even in that movie that he talks, he always kind of references back to this idea that he's trying to prove something to his dad. Again, we're talking about disenfranchised grief this episode somehow. Yeah. Um, but I think it's an important thing to talk about because death is not something that you could just shake off. It's not something that it's just going to go away. It's never going to, it's always going to be a part of you. It's going to be there, there with you through the good and the bad. Um, and that's okay. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a wound and it's how you treat it, how each and every one of us treats it. And some people treat, treat it differently. So let's move on to the next one, Benny. Hollywood advice. What do you think Hollywood could do better depicting death of fun- death or funerals in films to make them more realistic? 
I think we already kind of touched on this, but I think the answer to this is just study more of the actual process of what a funeral director does, how wakes are performed or funerals or visitations or memorial services or et cetera, et cetera. Do your research on it before just experiencing one funeral and like, oh, that's how all funerals are. I think the biggest thing that Hollywood could do is share the focus. They do a really good job most of the time depicting what it's like to lose someone that you love. What they don't do a good job of depicting is what it's like to be that person that's helping that person through it. Like the funeral director or the psychologist or that friend that's like, you know, like, listen, like, this is going to suck. Like, it's going to hurt. You know, like, what can I do to help? And maybe I'm there for a reason. I am there 24-7. I am in a suit as much as I possibly can be. Um, I, you know, if you call me, I'm going to answer. Hmm. Um, they don't humanize the professionals. That's what I think they could do a better job of. They don't have to go into depth of what a funeral director is in that movie. Don't get me wrong. That's a, that would be its movie in itself. But what they could do is is humanize the funeral director, not make him look dark and scary and gloomy. And yes, death is hurts and it does suck and it is sad. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that funeral director is sad and dark and gloomy. Most of them are not. Absolutely. Not just the gloom and doom. And they're not all old and thin and tall and look like they're going to die at any moment. More top hats. But I yeah. think we should all wear more top hats. <laughs> Dude, there's something classy about it, right? There's a top top there's hat bow ties, right? You go one extreme classy. to another. Well, uh, everybody out there, how do you feel? What do you think Hollywood should do more of? Do you think Hollywood portrays death right? Do they, do you think they portray funeral professionals and psychologists with death right? Your thoughts, opinions? Maybe you don't have any opinions. Maybe you just want to tell us about a good song you listen to. You can actually just send us a, a email that has an ellipsis on it. Then we got we got you thinking, right? And our email, of course, is let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. And you can also reach us on our Facebook platform, Instagram platform, any platforms. Death is always around. Why why do you have to say platforms? I just like that. It's very okay. professional it's to talk about platforms, right? It's very silly. It seems like if you were in a like if you're virtual meeting, they'd be like, uh, how's your platforming going? Well, thank you for listening. And if you're not talking about death, you ain't living. End scene.